0: Dan, you excited? A little bit nervous about how cold it's going to be? It looks cold, it looks cold, but the snow may have drifted in. Well done for making it this morning. It's just a great morning to come together, isn't it? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm excited, Nathan's excited, and so are you. Lots of meaning there. I could tell. I could do it. Hands up if you love the snow. Hands up who loves the snow. Hands up if you hate the snow. You're just like there's a few. Well done, you, especially those who hate the snow. You've made it. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name's Nathan. Uh, I'm part of the leadership team here, and uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for what God wants to do with us this morning. And uh, whether this is your first time here or whether you've been coming for decades, I'm just excited about what God's got. Uh, for you and for me. You might be here because Dan's invited you, or you might be here because someone's just dragged you along to church this morning, going, why on earth did I come? I could have been sleeping, I could have been looking out at that snow. Um, I just believe God wants to speak to you this morning, and that's why you're here. You might not realize why you're coming, but actually God has a plan for you this morning. If that's how you're feeling, if you're feeling, why on earth am I here? Like, what's been going on? Why on earth were we singing those songs? What was that thing that Andrew brought? And what was that all about? What was, what was going on with Aaron sharing something of God's speaker? If that's how you're feeling, that is absolutely fine. Please feel that you are so welcome here and uh, it is no problem for you to feel like that. And if you've got questions, if you've got things that are just bubbling up, I'd encourage you just to speak to someone at the end. Come and speak to myself or John or one of the leadership team here uh, or speak to the person who brought you and we'd love just to explain things through um, and help you uh, in the questions that you have. I'd like to look at one particular question this morning, and it's this, is Jesus the real thing? As I was preparing, I couldn't help but think about Coca-Cola, I was just there kind of going, and so on Friday I was preparing, I was like, I just really want a Coke, in the end I've managed to get one, but it's amazing what kind of that advertising does to you, but is Jesus the real thing? Turn to the person next to you, friends, you're going to get used to me doing this, but turn to the person next to you and say, is Jesus the real thing? Is Jesus the real thing? You know, for so many people around the world, this is a real question and one worth taking time over and energy to explore the real answer. The yearly calendar seems to be fixed around this one man from history. The fact that the years go up each year is counting the years since Jesus was born. That is 2018 years since the birth of Jesus. That Christmas and Easter are the biggest holidays in our country's year is because they celebrate the birth, death and resurrection of this man, Jesus Christ. That for those of you who are in school or college, that you get two weeks off at Christmas and two weeks off at Easter is two weeks celebrating who Jesus is and what he's done. Dates like Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day and St. George's Day all have their origins in people celebrating, people who loved, lived, and died for Jesus, and so it brings up this question: Well, is Jesus the real thing? Is he really what life is about? Last Saturday, uh, Juliana, my wife, and I—we were at home, and uh, I need to go out and do some food shopping, and so I went down. With, this is uh, this is our home, our block of flats that we're in. We're on the top floor, so I get down to the bottom floor, and uh, my neighbour is down there, and she's like, "Did you smell that when you came down?" I was like, yeah, I did it. It smelled like gas. We're like, oh, no. And she was like, what should we do? And I was like, well, I imagine it's the people up on the middle floor because they're doing loads of building work. And it kind of had a bit of metallic kind of gassy smell. And, uh, and so I'm sure it's up there. She's like, no, I've been up there. It's not them. I'm like, well, let's ask the p- person next door to you on the ground floor. And so she knocks on the door. No one answers. I'm like, okay. And so she knocks again. No one answers still. And so she opens up the letterbox to speak in and just check no one's there. And as she opens up the letterbox, this waft of this gas smell comes through. Like, oh no, what do we do? And so uh, she's kind of like panicking a little bit. I'm like, well, I've got to go do my food shopping, but you know, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just give a call. To, so I call the emergency gas line, which I've never done before. I never kind of knew what to really do in that situation. But I did it and they said, okay, someone will be there in under an hour. So I popped upstairs, told Jules, and said, "I'm I'm off to the food shop. I think you're fine. Call me if anything happens, <laughs> but I'm going off to the shop." So, uh, so off I go. About five minutes into my shop in Morrison's, I suddenly get a call from Jules, and she's like, "There's two fire engines outside. What do I do?" i was like, I said, "Well, talk to them, see what they recommend." So she stayed there, and they said that's fine. And uh, once I got home, I'd come in, and the fire engine. Firemen, fire people had got in and they bashed down this door, and they'd gone in and they found that it was a flea bomb. Has anyone come across a flea bomb? This is a flea bomb. What happens is these people had gone away and they'd done exactly the right thing. They closed up all their windows, closed up all their doors, and they put this lit this flea bomb, and it sends out this gas which f- kills all the fleas. But it smelled just like gas, and so the firemen were like. No, you did exactly the right thing you should have called, but it wasn't what we thought it was. Which was a relief. Maybe that's your view of Jesus here this morning. That just like you can smell gas, like there there was this serious problem in our block of flats. For you Jesus sounds like the real thing. But actually, you're not convinced. And actually, you think it's more, he's more like a flea bomb that just smells like the real thing, but not really the real thing. If that's you, I want to encourage you not to live life without seriously examining whether he is the real thing. Be willing to ask the big questions. Call the fire brigade, not literally, please, <laughs> and find out if he's who people say he is. Find out is he the real thing? Is he worth following? There's a guy in the Bible, uh, a man called John. Say to the person next to you, All right, John. (laughs) They probably didn't respond because that's not their name. There's a guy in the Bible called John, and he feels a little bit like that too. In fact, at one point, he became quite disappointed with Jesus, not sure if he really was the Son of God, not really sure if he's the one that he'd hoped he would be. John was the cousin of Jesus, and he was also known as John the Baptist timely name with what is about to happen to Dan John would have grown up around Jesus, seen him uh, grow up and learn to speak with him, Jesus just being a couple of months younger than him he uh, he would have been around him Potentially growing up, and you can imagine it, can you? He's like there at the school playground. They're both at the same school, let's say, and they're playing football together. And he's seen Jesus around, and uh, they're playing football. Obviously, football didn't exist back there, but just go with me for a moment. They're playing football, and uh, Jesus is there, just celebrating every goal that's scored. Both sides, he's like, "Yes, that's brilliant." He's like celebrating because everyone's using their talents to the best that they can. He's like, "Yes, this is great." He sees him like. Another kid kicks Jesus, and Jesus forgives him. You're like, wow, this is strange, this is weird. But you also see Jesus caring, even at a young age, caring for the poor, caring for those who didn't have their parents around, loving to hear God's word. You can imagine why, then later into his late 20s and early 30s, John is excited to tell everyone about Jesus. He'd grown up with him. He'd seen what he was like. This was the Jesus who was going to save him, his family, and his people, the Israelites. He was going to be a great king for his people, like they'd known before in the past generations. But more than this, this was the promised Messiah that the Old Testament and the Bible had prophesied and promised years before. And so he begins to set the way for Jesus, announcing the need to repent. For the king, Jesus and his kingdom is coming. And then you can read of the story of Jesus' baptism. How John baptizes Jesus. And there's this amazing moment where the Bible says the heavens, the skies opened. And an audible voice spoke from the sky saying, this is my son. I take great delight in him. John was there along with all the crowd and heard the voice of God speaking his delight over Jesus, calling him his son. What a moment for John to be there, right there, baptizing Jesus and hear the audible voice of God. Imagine that today, that as we baptize Dan, as he goes down to the water, we suddenly hear just this audible voice of God. That would be amazing, It would be terrifying. It would change us completely. You might be wondering at this point, what has any of this got to do with me? but we'll get there in a moment. But just to help you at this point, maybe like John, you've experienced Jesus from a young age, been around him in church at some point, seen some of the amazing things of him. Maybe you've even believed there was a God and maybe even thought you heard his voice maybe once before. Perhaps that doesn't describe you at all. Perhaps this whole Christianity and church thing is completely new to you. Let me encourage you, keep listening. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're doing great. Keep listening. Turn the other person to the other side of you and say, you're doing even better. Keep listening. (laughs) This guy, John, some time after Jesus' baptism, gets arrested for his preaching about Jesus and the need to repent. It is at this point in the story that I want to particularly look at this morning. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It's going to come up on the screen and hopefully it's big enough for you. We'll see. If not, I'm going to read it anyway, so that's okay. Luke chapter 7 and uh, verse 18 to 23. Then John's disciples told him about all these things that Jesus had been doing so John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord that's Jesus asking are you the one who is to come or should we look for someone else when the men reached him they said John the Baptist sent us to ask you are you the one who is to come or should we look for someone else At that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and he granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, Go and report to John the things you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. And anyone who is not offended because of me... Is blessed. In our celebrity-obsessed world we live in, it's easy to understand where John's coming from because we do it every day. We're trying to work out whether the, celebra- the celebrities we follow really are as perfect as we hope they might be, whether they're the real deal, that we put our hope in them and try to be like them and then suddenly find out something about them, something real about them and their real problems and we give up on them. Even this last week I uh, read three stories of celebrities this nation is trying to work out whether they trust. Number one, Matt Cardle. Any, any fans of Matt Cardle out there? No fans. No fans of Matt Cardle. There we go. Uh, anyone even watch X Factor out there? Anyone watch X Factor? No fans of X Factor. There we go. This is, uh, this is Matt Cardle. He was on a show called X Factor. Uh, he was a former winner. And uh, this week I saw a story of him talking about how from fame and riches, he suddenly got into uh, a drug habit and a drug addiction and he lost everything. The new celebrity and example to our kids suddenly was not who we thought he was. But now he's back with a new album coming soon. Can we trust him? Should we follow him? That's kind of this question that the, our nation is throwing up at the moment. Secondly, Meghan Markle. Anyone a fan of the new princess coming soon? No, no fans. No fans of Meghan Markle. There we go. I saw a story this week of how she's uh, she suddenly got this new bracelet uh, on her wrist with a cross knit after her baptism. And she wasn't baptized before, but suddenly she's getting married to the prince. And so getting baptized, we go, well, is her faith real? And the... the The nation is asking these questions about her. Can we trust her? Is she the future princess we want her to be? Thirdly, Jamie Carragher. Any Liverpool fans? No, no Liverpool fans. There we go, few. Anyone like football? Any football fan There's a few. We were close. Jamie Carragher presents uh, football on Sky Sports. And uh, he is well liked and he has this good image But the former Liverpool defender suddenly ruined it in a moment of madness this last week where he spat through a car window at a dad and his 14-year-old daughter. Can we trust him again? Is he the real deal of someone to follow? I mention these examples just quite lightheartedly, but it's just a glimpse into the disappointment our nation feels when we get let down by celebrities. When we find out they're not the people we expected, hoped, and wanted them to be. John is at a moment in this story where he expected the Jesus he'd grown up with and seen in action. He'd heard God's approval and love of to be ruling the nation that he was in. A nation that was currently under Romans rule. He'd expected a warrior, a fighter, a captain of the army, someone who was going to lead the rebellion against the Romans and free his people, the Israelites. And yet what he hears from his followers is that Jesus is healing the sick and caring for the poor and bringing them good news. You can see the contrast in what John was hoping for and what Jesus was doing. A strong warrior where Jesus was being a serving healer. A captain of the army, a captain of the rebellion versus a carer of the poor. I wonder what you, if you were asked this morning, would say you expected Jesus to be like. What did you hope God would be like? Have you been left disappointed by maybe your experience or by what you hoped God would do for you in a certain situation? Maybe even where you find yourself right here today. What's going on in your life right now? I remember not getting a job once, which I applied for and I thought I was absolutely going to get I thought that was what God wanted for me. There was someone in, working that, in that shop that I thought God wanted me to work with. I didn't get it. I thought, like, God, I thought you were in this. I thought you wanted me to get this job. I thought that's what you were about. You just wanted to bless me and bless me with the things that I wanted. When a relationship I was once in ended, I was left there wondering, God, where are you? Is this what you want? I thought you wanted this for me. When I got my A-level results, being left wondering, how can this be what you had for me? I, I, I thought you wanted me, me to be successful. I, wanted, I thought you wanted me to get A's in everything. We ask these real questions. That's what we expect. What about you? Not able to retire, maybe, when you wanted to? Body crumbling and failing, and you thought you'd be healthy forever? Didn't get into the university, maybe, you wanted relationship didn't last, we can put so many expectations on what we want God to be like and what we want God to do for us. We can create our own image of God that we've made up in our head. Like John, one that pleases us and revolves around our wants and desires. John wanted a Jesus who would storm the prison gates and release him and his country to freedom. He wanted a God full of wrath who would destroy his enemies and put him in a place he'd enjoy more, not a prison cell. He thought God had called him to preach repentance and baptism for the rest of his life, and yet here he was, alone in a cell, facing the probability of death from the Romans. What expectations have we put on God ourselves? I once heard a... uh, Another preacher, talked about how before he got married, he was being told lots by different people, listen, marriage is hard. Marriage is, you have to work at marriage. Marriage is about commitment, and it's about hard work, and you need to force yourself to do good things all the time. And, you know, and kind of, he was like, I don't even know whether I want to get married anymore. Like, this just sounds horrid. And uh, he went on to get married, and he said, you know what, I've just found marriage is better than I ever heard. Marriage is way better. It's amazing. Yeah, it requires commitment and hard work, but marriage is incredible. You know, Jesus is better than you've heard. He is so much better than you've heard. Whatever your experience has been, Jesus is better. Whatever you've been told, oh, you've, well, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're gonna need, you need to get in that pool, you need to get baptized. Oh, you need to sort out your life and get this right. And get No, no, no. Jesus is better than you've heard. He takes all of our mess. He takes us just as we are. And he just loves to just draw near to us and show us who he is first. He loves just to explain something of who he is. That he's a God of grace. He's a God of love, of mercy. Jesus is better than you've heard. He's the real deal. He is the only one in this life who can truly satisfy you. That in our nation and in this town, Jesus is the only one who can bring life-changing joy and peace. Jesus said to John's followers, Go and tell John what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, dead are raised, slightly scary but incredibly powerful, and the poor have good, received good news. Just think about that list for a moment. What's Jesus trying to say to John? He's saying this. You are hoping for a king to come. And I'm telling you, the king has come, but not in the way that you expected. Jesus is the servant king, the one with a heart for the outsider, the one with a heart for the poor and the sick. He says elsewhere in Luke 5, verse 31, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, in response to why he chose to hang out with the marginalized and broken of the society. Jesus' response would have been a surprise to John, who would have been expecting to hear something along the lines of, Don't worry, my armies are getting ready. They're gathering and preparing. God's wrath is about to march through. But that's not what Jesus said, and that's not the heart of God. The Bible tells us that if we want to know what God is like, we can look at the character of Jesus and see the exact, exact representation of God. God's heart for people and love for people is bigger than you've heard or understood. When you read the Bible, you find story after story of how God loves and cares for his people. How he shows them mercy and forgiveness. How he wants to work with them and take them on a journey. How he produces something in their life so much greater, far greater than they could ever do by themselves. It's often not the way expected, but it's an effective and loving way. That he takes us on. Jesus is the real thing. He's the one who heals, He's the one who cares, He's the one who forgives, and He gives us a new start, who leaves us knowing lasting joy and peace. He's the one who's changing lives all around the world today and has changed Dan's life, as we're going to hear in a moment, and has changed mine as well. The truth is this when I think about where I would be in life without God. Before his goodness came to me. I just think I'd be lost. I'd be broken. I'd be chasing after money. I'd be chasing after girls. I'd be chasing after anything this world had to offer. Just to find satisfaction. And yet God has come to me in his goodness and mercy. I didn't deserve that. He came to me and showed me something of who he is. Something of how beautiful and stunning he is. And it's changed me. But I now have a security for the rest of my life. That I am loved by the God who created me. As we heard from Aaron, this amazing truth that God loves us, that he has fearfully and wonderfully made us. that He cares about us. It changes us. It absolutely changes us. He wants to do that for each of us this morning. Just like he's done for Dan and how Dan's acknowledging the amazing work of God in his life by getting baptised, he wants to do for each of us this morning as well. He wants to enter the mess of our lives and help us in bringing forgiveness and joy and peace. He's the real thing. He has real answers. Real answers to your big questions. Real answers to your big doubts in life. Come, bring, bring the doubts. Bring the questions. Jesus wants to answer them. He's not like a flea bomb. He's not like a hopeful celebrity. He welcomes us with our questions and he points us to actions he's already doing and already done. Jesus' response to John is similar to the one he wants to give us today. John asked if he was the real thing. Are you the one who is to come? Are you the real thing? Or should we look elsewhere? And Jesus' response isn't to say Yes, I am. Believe it and get on with it. No, it's, he wants to show us he's the real one. He wants to show us that he's the answer we've been looking for. That all else, that for all else that life throws at us as temporary satisfaction is nothing in comparison to who Jesus is. He's the one who cares. Friends, he is the one who cares about you, he knows exactly what's going on right now. What a hard week you've had. What an easy week you've had. What disruptions are currently going on in your life. Your broken dreams. Your hopeful dreams. He knows them all. And he cares about you. When we meet with this Jesus, a change happens in our hearts and lives. He takes our guilt and our shame He takes our brokenness and our mess, and he pays for all of our wrongdoings. We're just coming up and about to celebrate Easter. Easter being this time where we celebrate that Jesus died on the cross. That actually he took all of our wrongdoings, all of our failures, all of our pain, suffering. He takes it all upon himself, and he says, you have life. Receive life. Receive joy. Receive peace. Receive satisfaction, true satisfaction in life. A joy that is expressed and felt in the hardest and most stressful of times. That he promises actually to go through life with us. That as you go off into your workplace, Jesus says, I'll come with you. As you go off into a hard marriage conversation, Jesus says, I'll go with you. That as you go off to university, as you go off to school or college, Jesus says, I'll go with you. I'll help you. I'll lead you. That he promises to go through life with us, not leaving us alone. After we baptize Dan in a few moments, there's going to be an opportunity for us to respond. And uh, each one of us has an opportunity to respond. And uh, I want to give three ways in which you might want to respond this morning. And if you don't want to, that is absolutely fine. But I just want to encourage you, this is a moment here this morning. That God was speaking and he wants to speak further into your life. and So here's the three uh, opportunities that you're going to have to respond to. Well, you can respond to anything else as well. Let me put that on. But three. Number one, maybe you're here this morning and uh, you'd say, I've never known this God. I've never even considered this God to exist. But this morning you're going, I, I want to explore more of who he is. I just, I'd love just to ask someone just to pray. I'd just know something more of who God is. And if that's you, that, there's going to be opportunity uh, for you to come forward at the end of the meeting and just for someone to pray for you and uh, we're going to have time for that maybe you're here this morning and you'd say I'd call myself a Christian but you know what there's so much more of God I, I just want to know and I need to know I just, there's something about this real Jesus that I don't know but I want to know and I want to know more of him and if that's you you'd say I just want to say Jesus I want to follow you more I want to know more of you. I want to know more of your way in my life. Then there's going to be a chance for you to come forward as well. The third thing is this. I can't read a passage like this where Jesus talks about healing and talks about what he does without offering the opportunity for you to come forward and have someone pray for you. If you've got anything wrong with you, anything physically, mentally, emotionally wrong, where you just, I just want someone to pray for me about this. You can come forward. There are going to be, I'm sure, plenty of people who want prayer. So you won't be alone. Don't feel embarrassed. Um, We're going to hand over to Jonathan. Where's Jonathan? Jonathan, who's going to come and lead us in worship. Why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray as Jonathan comes and leads us in a song before we baptize Dan. Why don't you stand to your feet? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you are amazingly full of grace and love. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the real thing, Lord God, that you're the one our souls long after, and you're the one who satisfies our souls, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. Lord. I thank you for doing that to me, Lord God. Lord, I don't deserve that. God, I deserved punishment from you, and yet, God, you're a God of grace and love. And Lord, I pray for each of my friends here this morning, Lord God. Come and, Lord, speak to us all, Lord. Come and reveal more of who you are to us, Lord God. I pray that we'd encounter you, not just next Sunday, Lord God, next Sunday evening, but God, we'd encounter you right now, right now today, Lord God. We pray your blessing on Dan, Lord God, as he gets baptized, Lord God, that he would know something more of your love and your grace upon his life as well. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.